All right, please welcome to the program, Tim Lewicki. Good to see you. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Welcome to the family. Thank you, Brent. Nice to see you. <laughs> We're glad to have you in the NHL. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I, can I talk about the Canadians an hour later? You can talk about it now if you want. I mean, We're going to convert you. By the end of this, I'm going to make you a Leafs fan. Dude. <laughs> that will never happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hold that on. That will never happen. You know how the Ducks and the Kings have that rivalry yeah. on the West? Yeah. The Leafs Habs, forget it. Pales in comparison. The Leafs have is so intense that two-year-olds boo each other. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. But that said, if we win that shiny silver thing one day, then yeah. you're going to at least begin to say, maybe I could root for both of you. Never. <laughs> Never. Well, All the right. thing that That's keeps my new task in life. <laughs> Bro, you're going to waste your energy. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, this is exciting. It must be fun. I know you love hockey, and you were connected to hockey for a long time, right? But just, what's it like coming in and being in this market for this long? Uh, intense yeah. and cold. Yeah, do they? Uh, not in that order. And are, are you talking about the fans' reaction to? Uh... No, <laughs> no, no, not yet. Although the funny thing is, is I'm a, uh, I live in the city, so I have a condo. I take a subway into work every day and take a subway home. Uh, I take the subway home after a game. Yeah. Lot longer ride <laughs> right now than it's been all year long. But you like that stuff, don't you? That kind of thing. I like talking to the fans and hearing what they're thinking. Yeah. And uh, what I've learned is they're. They're very considerate here. They're not rude, but they will tell you how they feel. And I get when you're losing, they let you know. Yeah, they consider for the first year yeah. or two. Well, if you know, the funny thing is, is our the soccer club was the one where we had the fans that were the angriest. And they had every right to be. For seven years, yeah. we just blew it. And we kept on making commitments. Right. And then nothing happened. Right. And now they're the happiest group of people I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, the other day we were out there and they got my general manager, who's this 31-year-old Harry Potter look-alike, and we go to welcome them before the game. So here it is, opening day for us, highly stressful. And they're telling them, drink, drink, drink. Yeah. And I'm looking at him, and he guzzles the beer. And I'm like, I can't believe you just did that. But it's the, the love and the affection that they have for us because we fixed their team. Well, and I was at that game, and what was amazing was, first of all, it's the players. You're talking about Bradley, who is maybe, maybe the best player to ever play here, and then Defoe, as a, a Spurs fan, Tottenham. So you've got these two guys who instantly had impact, because that's the problem with, with, with most sports, is we see a big expenditure, and then we wait and see. Those guys right away brought it. But it's like they, they bring a different culture here than maybe the city is used to. And two of the most different human beings you're going to be. Yeah, for sure. So, so Jermaine will be running for mayor soon. Yeah. Uh, I told him maybe let this cycle pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of crazy stuff going on here. <laughs> you think? <laughs> he, he's like, ah, that, that, that current mayor's a little different. I said, oh, yeah, he's, he's a little different. <laughs> but Michael is the general, so he's not nearly as, as outgoing. He doesn't have that kind of dynamic personality. And yet, to me, Michael Bradley is everything we want our company to be straight across the, the board. Look at the picture. At this game, this happened. Where is it? That picture there. So tell, for people who don't know what happened, tell oh, me what that so, is. Uh, this is a great story. So uh, M Michael, they called Michael the general when he played in Italy. And we were really lucky to get him. He came over. So this is our opening game. He goes in for a 50-50 ball in the, the air. He knocks the other guy for DC United out. And he left. And we didn't see him the rest of the day. Michael is like 
Finally, one of our guys, Jackson, grabs him and says, you gotta go see the trainer. He's like, no, I'm fine. He says, no, you gotta go see the trainer. Dude, you're bleeding like a mother or, I mean, a bloody big deal is a good yeah. campaign, yeah. but you really are bleeding. <laughs> they take him over there and they put it on and he's yelling at the trainer going, I gotta go. Right. Because they're about to start again and I'm not gonna miss the rest of the game. Goes back out there, plays the whole game. He was unbelievable. And then they put 13 staples in his head after the game to right. close that gash. And they asked him, did you feel any? He was like, feel what? He, that's just how he is. He's straight ahead. Dude, and that's what this country wants in their athletes. We want our people to make bad decisions for them, but good for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, he should be sitting down, sitting in a dark room. Do you have a concussion? Instead, we're like, get out there and yeah. staple your head. <laughs> it's a crazy town, uh, man. I know I know. it has not occurred to him yet. He has 13 staples in his head. Yeah. But he went to uh, real Salt Lake today for the away game, and um, my guess is the beeper went off. Yeah. And he went through that metal detector. Absolutely. They're looking at him, and he's probably looking around going, I don't have anything. So you, you, I know you're a guy that's got confidence, and, you, and, and you, you have a pretty interesting outlook on life, and I think a lot of it goes back to your childhood. So you, you have this life that you're going to lead, and you think you can get stuff done. Otherwise, you wouldn't do this, right? Yeah. You show up here. Th th this city, this country, Calgary's in trouble. Vancouver's in trouble. Edmonton's in trouble. Teams are losing. Montreal's winning now, but we don't know what's going to happen. Habs fans are kind of hot. Ottawa, who knows what's happening. The Leafs are in trouble, obviously, again. But... <laughs> Yeah. No, you but... may be right, I may not be able to convert them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bigger hill to climb than I think, than anybody could know before they get in. Changing the entire culture of an organization, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think the hard part here is, we started with basketball, and I know Masai was, was on earlier. Uh, we, we kind of gutted the whole organization, except for the coach, brought in Masai, rebuilt the entire organization. Masai's unbelievable. We found a guy in Kyle Lowry that is our Michael Bradley. I mean, if, if we can get Michael Bradley and Kyle Lowry to be heart and soul of, of Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, and we can get the, the Leafs to understand that kind of intensity, we, we change the culture quick. Can you re-sign Lowry? Yes. Okay. Will you re-sign Lowry? Yes. Okay. So, Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, but, but I think Masai, you know, there's a really special bond between Masai and Kyle. And there's a special bond. I mean, this town should be in love with this guy. He's, what a great story. And he's, he's vented that anger and, and energy that he had last year. And it was sometimes aimed at the refs, sometimes aimed at other people. He's figured out how to vent that and put that into the team. And, and th this team truly loves each other. That's the other thing I've noticed about the Raptors. Those guys love each other. They hang out together. They get along with one another. They fight hard for one another. They want to win for one another. It's really unique. I, I suppose you watch these games with great attention, right? All of them? Uh, and stress. And stress. Can you explain? This is one super nerd out thing that'll end up on the, on the online only. Game against Oklahoma, Kyle's out. He's out. He's a, I'm watching the game. He takes it. He's not supposed to be back. Suddenly, he's in the game. <laughs> what happened? Uh, okay, so this is... Masai's out of the country, so I could tell the you story. Could, yeah. yeah. So um, Kyle is, he's just, he's been carrying the whole burden for us all year. He's wearing out. So we, we, he just aches and pains. And finally, at the end of the game, we're up. And they tell him, that's it, you're shut down. And they take him back to the training table. And the doctor said, you're done. You're finished. You're done for the night. And you're done for a couple of games here. You got to rest. And then Oklahoma does their little run at the end. And all of a sudden, the doctor looks around and Kyle's gone. He's literally darted from the training room without telling the doctors, goes back on, looks at the coach and says, I'm in, walks back into the game. He checks, checks himself check, back check, in. Check. The coach knew it, and the coach was like, go. 
checks himself <laughs> in, and we go to two overtimes with Oklahoma. Yeah. They have to sit down with him after the game finally and just say, Kyle, you, this is it. You're done. You can't. you got to take a couple of games off. Masai gets a call the next day. Our, our athletic trainer, who's phenomenal, says, you won't believe this. I've never seen anything like it. I'm telling you, whatever was going on with him, the swelling's gone. He's 100%. And this is the guy that was saying, we got to do an intervention to keep right. him out. He told Masai, he's ready to go. I don't and he it. played I, every game since. Tim, I don't believe in miracles. That sounds suspicious. What's going on? Yeah, well, <laughs> if, I, if there was some secret potion we had, believe me, I'd put it in the Leafs dressing room, too, right. so we don't. <laughs> this is an interesting thing, right? I, I know that for the longest time for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, this was Leafs and then everything else. So you say, so far you've talked about fixing the Toronto FC, fixing the Raps. So you've done it the other way. The Leafs get the, so tell me about now how you address the Leafs and why the Leafs are the third thing you face. Well, so what, what we had to do is, um, the Leafs had a pretty good year last year. Yeah. And I didn't think we had to fix them. And clearly in the next couple of weeks, they're gonna determine whether or not we got a problem there. I think what fans should feel very comfortable with, looking at our track record in short order with the Raptors and then TFC, we will fix the Leafs. Yeah. And, and we're not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of telling people that we got problems when we have problems. Uh, at times, maybe I'm a little too outspoken. But I, I believe in life, if you can define what the problem is and you're willing to go take a risk at saying, I'm not afraid of fixing this. And, and the thing we did with the Raptors is we weren't afraid. We let 14 people going one day, right. brought in Masai and built a whole new organization, and I had to turn to everyone saying, we're going to be great, trust me. And then with TFC, we... we you couldn't have known that you would be great because there's so much, even Masai would say this, there's so much luck at play with pro sports, right? Yeah, but, but I will tell you, I believe in Masai the man. I look in his soul, yeah. and I see a soulmate, and I see a guy that views the world the same way I do, and I know he's special, I know he's unique, and I know he also gets up every day believing at the end of the day, we do, we need luck, we need health, but we also command our own destiny here, and we gotta believe in that, we can't be afraid of taking and, and making the tough decisions. TFC, remember, this is an organization where we went to our people and said, shut it down, we're not selling any tickets, we're not renewing any tickets, we're not selling any new packages, and we're not going to until we go do our job. We waited until less than two months to go before the season starts, and then we said, we got Defoe, we got Bradley, now go ask people if they wanna get behind us again. Everyone was so afraid, and I looked at our organization and said, this is a great lesson for you too, because what we're gonna learn here is, don't be afraid. Right. Doesn't mean we're always gonna be right, but we can't be afraid to make great decisions. We can't be afraid of trying great things. With the Leafs, I think in this town, we're afraid at times of the pressure. And I think uh, what we're gonna have to do here is we're gonna have to find guys that thrive on that pressure, that want that. And I know we have it in our keeper, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we'll, we'll hopefully see it and, and build it with everybody else in the team. I'm sure you've heard this a lot, one of the great um, uh, refrains in this city and in this country. And even though I'm not a fan of the Leafs, I'm a fan of hockey and I want all the, I want all the Canadian teams and all the teams in general to compete, um, is that even though the Leafs may not have been winning, FC wasn't winning, Raptors weren't winning, it didn't really matter because MLS and E was winning. And so that it's a business and it's got shareholders and you're, it's this weird two telecoms owning it, which is so strange to me, but maybe not to you. And, but you're making money. So there was, and the cynicism of the audience is, well, they don't need to put a winner because they sell it out anyway. 
So how important is it to, like, what's the difference between serving your shareholder and serving your emotional shareholder? So I, 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 actually you've hit upon the very essence of the culture, which is um, the, the previous management did an unbelievable job, and I compliment them. They, were, they ran a great business, and they were great businessmen. And when I came in, I, I finally told everyone, I, we're going to run a good business too, but we're going to change it a little bit. We are now totally accountable on the teams. So when I first got here, I talked about the parade, and I talked about taking pictures off the wall. You got smoked. Oh, for I that. got smoked. But I thought they were good. But let not me the ask pictures, you a question, but I like the parade idea. Did it not make everyone talk about it? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. including the players. Well, I knew I was going to get smoked, yeah. but I also knew I was going to change the conversation and the definition of expectation and accountability within our organization. And and what I told our staff and our, our management team is, guys, if we win, the rest of this will take care of itself. We'll make we'll make gobs of money. But what we got to do is understand there's a thing in sports called the agate. It's that last page of the sports page. That's what counts. I have never seen an agate for who makes the most money. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we as an organization have to understand accountability starts with us. So we put our neck out there and said, this is all going to be about winning. Right. And we're not going to take your money with the soccer team until we prove we can win. And we're going to change and get rid of everyone in the basketball team because we're not good enough and we didn't build it right. Now, how do you know uh, when to not get involved in the hockey part of it and the basketball part of it and the soccer? Like, like letting players and teams and GMs do their business. I, I always, like, Masai makes every decision on players and contracts. He could come to me for advice and does all the time, but at the end of the day, I know uh, he's our GM. Do you ever call him and say, what about this player, what about that player? No. I, 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 on hockey, I, uh, Bernie was somebody, our goalkeeper, that, yeah. that I told Dave, you should, we got to do whatever it takes to get this kid. Because you knew him from L.A. Because I knew him, and we won a cup together with the Kings, and, and we're going to win a cup together here with the Leafs. So, sorry. So we, we hey, ultimately... Dude, listen, if you... Oh, no, I, I want you... If you win a cup here with Bernie, I think that's amazing because it means we'll all live to be 200, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, so you, just for the record, though, <laughs> just I'm remember, just, I love your ratings are going to be really good if we win a cup. Yeah, yeah. Much better than the Canadians winning a cup, my friend. Yeah, so remember, but, you need us. But my heart will swell. I get it. No. But your ratings in your pocketbook will swell more well, if yes. we win the cup. Well, hockey needs Canada to play well. It's been 1993 since there's been a Canadian team that's that's won, and, and you know most of the teams have made the finals since then. Yeah. Um, and there's been a run. So you and Messiah have this good relationship. Before we get more to the business part of it, I want to play you this clip here. Okay. I asked Messiah this question, and here's what he said. Now we're gonna Hi, George. Hi, Tim. Uh, Tim, I got a question for you. Why do you wear us out every single day, every <laughs> single minute? Tell me. Answer this question right now. <laughs> you wear them out? I, I, our intensity level might be just a bit high in the old office. Yeah. And uh, some of our guys, including Masai, who has a lot of energy as well, I think they're amazed at um, the passion that we have right now. Uh, one thing, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I think everyone is amazed at how driven I am right now on saying we need to get all three of these teams in at the same time. We've never done it in our history, and Toronto needs it, Canada needs it in the case of the Raptors. And it's, you know, it's not lost to me. For example, our two telecom companies, this is about ratings, yeah. and I get it. And when the Leafs are on Hockey Night in Canada, we do twice the amount of ratings that anyone else does. Yeah. So I don't need, they don't need to tell me about the investment that Rogers just made because I get how important it is for us to be good for all of them. Right. And that drives us every day. So we, we are very self-motivated, and I also know what happens in this town if we win championships. 
this will be the greatest place in the world to be part of an organization. I also asked Masai this question, and here's what he said. So here's where we're going to edit in this clip where I asked Masai, is how close did you get to changing the name from the Raptors <laughs> to the Huskies? And he got uncomfortable. Uh, he better and get said, uncomfortable. said, ask Tim. So I hear that, you, that the Raptors... Do I get to ask him some questions? You can, yeah, you yeah. can. I heard Great. that the Raptors were very close to not being called the Raptors. And I'm not saying it was Drake, but I'm saying that people said, you got to keep it the Raptors. So here's what, what I've learned about Raptors. We, we made a unbelievably good decision to bring Drake in as our uh, chairman, advisor, and he, he's... Uh, he's not just a figurehead, is he? He's, no, he's, he's very, trust me, he's very active. Uh, <laughs> and him and Masai talk a lot too. And I talk a lot to Drake about what we need to do. By the way, Drake, it is true, Drake helped us recruit Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. I'm calling Drake, here's the number, please call him. He calls him, he calls me back. And then Drake starts calling me every day going, are you done with Defoe yet? And I'm like, dude, I, I got this, okay? Calm down, I'll get him. <laughs> so he's unbelievably committed. And the one thing I promised him from day one is, I promise you, you won't be a, a figurehead here. I'm gonna, you have to help us change the culture. So when Drake comes back to us and gives us his input, our ideas on our name, our colors, our uniform, or our logo, uh, the day we announced the NBA All-Star Game, we got about a million pardon me, a billion hits socially around the world in three days. The Raptors today are the second most important team in Asia with our social media hits. I know it's not me, and I know, no offense against Masai, it's not him either. Right. It's Drake. You're not saying it's Valanchunas? It's, no, it's, it's Drake, of it course might, it is. It might be Jonas, actually. Yeah. He's big in Asia. But we, we know that he has opened so many doors for us now and made us more of a super club, which is what we wanted. When Drake comes to me and has an opinion on the name, then I'm going to listen because right. what I realize is he has better taste than I do. So how close were you, were you to changing the name? Close. Yeah? Yeah. Like it was a done deal? Well, how do you know it might uh, not uh, happen? Dude, don't change it. Were you, the Huskies, were you going to go to the Huskies? The original well, that's name? one of the names we were looking at. What should I do? Leave it to Raptors. Why? Because it's our team. Is this because I'm sitting on red couches no, here? No, or? no, It's the Raptors. Because uh, I, I, I hear, I saw this with, with, with other franchises. They want to create a culture change the tone, right? The quickest way to change that tone is win. That's it, it doesn't matter what you call that team. But I agree. And the other reason is that at some point when you bring, when Vince is back in the fold and when we have those jerseys in the rafters and you see a Raptors Vince Carter jersey, the jersey on the floor should be, you're not afraid, you didn't run from your past, you just reinvented your past. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more and I think, by the way, I, can I tell everyone what I told you earlier? You can if you like. You're the Drake of Hockey Night in Canada. No, I don't know about that. Yes, you are. We're going to do the Drake of Hockey Night in Canada. Well, thank you for saying that. And then I'm going to sit there. I'm going to sit there with you and Don going, you know, I wouldn't wear that suit. Let me tell you why. <laughs> I wouldn't wear that suit. <laughs> I wouldn't wear that suit. All right, stick around. I want to delve a little bit deeper with Tim Lawicki right after this. Back here with Tim Lawicki, the man who runs Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So, you're, you're born in the late 50s, right? Yes. You're about 11 years old when the Thank you for saying late 50s and <laughs> not doing a specific. That's well, cool. You were born in the late 50s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but there's an ask because I was doing the math in my head and when the, on the team we were doing the math. You would have been about 11 years old when the St. Louis Blues made the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And they did it a couple of times. Were you watching hockey at that point? I was going to the games. Yeah. It was a weird thing because uh, with the Blues, 
they had the one division of the six new teams. And so the Blues happened to be the best of the new teams. But then we, I was just talking to Scotty Bowman about this, and he got mad at me because I'm like, you know, Scotty, that's where I learned to love hockey because every year we were getting into the cup and then we'd get beat. Yeah. He said, yeah, but we weren't getting beat that bad. And I'm like, well, I remember a couple of games where it was <laughs> like, because we'd have Boston and Montreal that we ran into, right. and they were really good. Uh, but it was an unbelievable experience to see that atmosphere in the arena. And it, it, it was called uh, the arena and then went to the Checker Dome. And going to games there, it just, you, you began to understand the importance of sports and what we're supposed to do, which is we move communities emotionally, passionately. Our job is ultimately to help create for them a little bit of the heart and soul and forget about the day-to-day. -day. And that's what happened with the Blues early on. It was, it was really a great run. So now here we are in this place where uh, franchises need buildings, want buildings. There's talk about expanding BMO Field. There's talk about an NFL team. There's that, the funny jokes between you and the mayor, Rob Ford. So I, so I wanted to Who know... Who says if, they're funny? Well... <laughs> the people, did he say they're funny? Well, you did. When you well, I, yeah. I, I... Did you know what happened? Yeah, well, I know. Well, he said that he, that he called it a handout. You wanted an extra $10 million oh, no, as a no, loan, this right? this is better. I haven't, yeah. You haven't heard this. No. So when I first got here in June, there's an old, very um, established club where heads of, of state, when they visit Toronto, go address the lunch crowd, and they lost their mind and invited me. And so my PR people are like, you gotta be, you can't be controversial here. You gotta be, okay, no problem. I, I was really good during the speech, didn't do anything that got me into trouble. Question and answers, it went downhill from there. So <laughs> someone said, what do you think of the mayor? Yeah. And I, kiddingly, I said, oh, he's like Tommy Boy. And, <laughs> and the PR guy's sitting there going. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, recover. So I'm like, but let's not forget, Tommy Boy saved the factory, so remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, unfortunately... That's a great recovery, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it didn't work so well. So then, unfortunately, things kind of spiraled out of control for him, and the Tommy Boy thing kind of stuck elsewhere. Yeah. But I think he blamed me. So when I first went in to see him a few months ago on the BMO renovation, He's like, hey, Timmy boy, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long right. meeting. <laughs> well, because now he's, so you are going to the city for money. Is it, a, is it a loan? Is it a grant? Is it, because he's calling it a handout. So what, what is it? Yeah, it, so going back to what you said earlier about Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, I know we have this reputation of being greedy. Mm -hmm. I know we have this reputation of only being driven by money in the bottom line. And I'm trying to do everything in our power to change that. And the owners would accuse me of maybe going too far because we're spending a lot of money. We're putting every penny we make as an organization right back into the organization now. So with BMO, the city owns it. And so it's not our stadium. And there's a lot of other things, including community usage, that occur there. And the majority of the money that was used to pay for it and build it came from the feds, the province, and the city. So we came along and I was the first one to tell the city manager, I get you got a lot of better things to do with the money, so let's change this deal around. Right now we need $30 million worth of capital improvements. That's 15 million out of your pocket and 15 million out of ours. And by the way, it's a Band-Aid and we'll be right back here in five to 10 years with another 30 to 50 million because we didn't build it well. It doesn't have a roof. I hear it rains here a lot. Everything freezes up. Concrete, what does it do when it freezes? It, it expands, and what does it do when it melts? It shrinks right. and it cracks. And so without a roof, without weather protection, on a lake with the winter we just had, we need a lot of work. So we went back and said, we'll take it over. We'll pay for the majority of it, even though you still own it and you still keep it. We'll do all the other usage, including community. We'll put up 90 million. You, the province, and the feds put up 
$10 million apiece. We'll take your $10 million, and I guarantee you, and our company will get behind it, we'll pay you back with interest over 20 years. So we return $15 million on your 10. We don't need your capital. And in fact, we'll put in all the capital improvements from this point on. We'll operate it from this point on. Now, he, I respect the mayor, and I'm, we're not trying to get involved in the political race. That's not a handout. That saves them $5 million instantly. And unlike the capital improvements, which they never get back and keep on paying, now we say to them, don't take any more risks, no more capital. We pay for everything for the next 20 years, and we'll give you your $10 million back with interest. And that's because the city owns it, right? city so owns it. With your own building, because you're seeing this in other markets now, which is teams feel, or, or citizens feel like teams are holding them hostage to pay for buildings that they don't ever actually own. But, but look at it, I mean, the way I look at it, I, I look at the city and they say, we want you to solve the Argos problem. Okay, we'll solve the Argos problem. 20, 25 million dollars to solve the Argos problem. Well, we're paying for that in yeah. order to allow the Argos to move in there and have a decent home, which they deserve. And so I, I get where someone would say, well, what's the city doing writing you a check for 10? And I'd say right back to them, because then they don't write the check for 15, they gotta write us, and I pay them 15 million back. Right. And by the way, they never have to put another penny in and we solve the Argos problem for them. Mm -hmm. It's, it, we don't want to get caught in the political debate. We want to stay out of the mayor's race. It's not our place. I can't even vote. So we, we just went back to him and kicked him a little bit and said, don't make us an issue and don't call us the gravy train because that's not fair. So if he calls you the gravy train again, are you going to go I after him? I get all wound up. You do? So yeah, I, I, you know, I do my, what does he do, Hulk Hogan? Is yeah, that yeah. what he claims he does? Have you, has, he, has he challenged you to an arm wrestle yet? Is nope. that happening now? Nope. The, the, the idea of, the, I'm just curious about your philosophy on what a city owes a team and what a team owes a city. Do you have a philosophy behind that? I, I do. So everything, you know, if you look at LA Live, where I came from, uh, we built Staples Center and LA Live privately. The only thing we did is we got a, an assistance on the, on the room tax. We generated our 1,000-room hotel over a period of 20 years. The tax was reinvested, but only as we earn it. We don't have another penny. And I always told the mayor there, education, safety, and transportation. You go spend your money on that and make it a better place for us to live and a better place for us to work. And we'll go take all the risk on the rest of this. I, our owners, Bell, Rogers, and Larry Tannenbaum, they have the same philosophy here. Now, in the case of BMO, it's a city stadium with city usage with rugby and Argos and community events. The Canadian Soccer Association is gonna use it for their World Cup bid for 2026. We're all for it and we will still write the check for 100 million when it's all said and done. ACC, uh, Air Canada Center is private uh, and we're about to put another 50, 60 million in it to renovate it and upgrade it. We're not gonna ask the city for anything nor should they give us anything. I think what we owe the city is a great place to come and celebrate our community. Uh, be proud of that jersey we wear because we represent a great state, right. a great city, and a great country. And finally, win championships because this is what we do. We're, we're in it to win it. So you have a lot of experience in building stadia, right? So yes. talk to me about the baseball park you built in your house, your backyard. Oh, you know, who'd you talk to? And did you, was it private money or public money? Yeah, and did you use no, I got a loan from my dad on you that did? one, but I paid him back. And so you actually built a, uh, you built a replica of like the Field of Dreams site or something? like. I, I did, I never saw anyone come out of my corner, my bushes there, so. <laughs> but I, I was into sports at an early age and I took our backyard and made it into a baseball diamond. I was a big Cardinals fan. And my dad uh, just about went uh, nuts on me because I ruined the backyard. And then I'd go out and play. So what was home plate? What did you use? 
<clears throat> oh, I had a real home plate. I figured out how to go get one. So yeah. we, we had bags and a Would pitcher's you, mound. Did it was you steal awesome. one? I'm not going to tell you how yeah. I got the home plate. <laughs> I think you just did. I, if you see me, you know I'm not stealing home, okay? So <laughs> okay. no one's ever waved me in. Um, okay, so that, that's your father getting mad at you. Uh, the more research I did on you, the more I saw the impact of losing your mother at a young age, yeah. as it would have an impact. But what do you remember from that time? Well, it's, it's funny. My other brother, Todd, is the president of the Tampa Bay um, hockey team. So the Lightning, see, I have trouble saying their name because we're competing with them right now. But we both went through this. We, we didn't have the benefit of college because we had to do dog paddle right off the bat. And when we watched our mom go through cancer, it was five years. Uh, she was testing chemotherapy. But at the time, the great medical uh, institution and, and the insurance company that my dad had, they didn't cover chemo, so it wiped us out financially for the rest of his life. And then um, my stepmom got- your dad's spirit too, wouldn't it? <clears throat> well, this, when the stepmom came in, then she got cancer and died. So back-to-back -back wives, and, and it did. It, it, uh, it watched us uh, as a family go through rough times. We watched our dad disappear as a human being. And then, you know, but, but in it all, what I realize and what my brother realizes now is the Lord does work in mysterious ways. So that was our mom going through that to build character in us. So when people talk to me and say, well, I don't believe you, or why should we trust you, or I'm not sure you only care about the bottom line, I go back and tell them, I'll tell you about character. I know about character. And the one thing you could count on from now on out with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and our teams is we will show character on a daily basis. Hopefully that will ultimately emanate and, and be spread out to everybody else in the organization. I think in basketball, with Masai and the team, it has. And I know with soccer and Michael Bradley, yeah. it has. And we got some work to do on the hockey team, but you and I are gonna have a little bet one day about your Canadians yeah. and my Leafs, yeah. and we'll see who gets there first. I'll take that bet any day of the week, okay. man. <laughs> any way of the week. But, so then going through that and that character building experience, what is it like for you then when you come across people in this business who you don't think have the kind of character that you need? Um, well, you know, you're in the, I was, before I came here in the music business, the entertainment business, the sports business, and so you, you meet a lot of different people, most with character, some without character. The guys that always, I, I don't worry about the ones without character. They, they're not my compass. Very lucky to be around guys like Jerry West and Magic Johnson, um, David Stern, people that not only had great character, but were my compass and, and taught me an awful lot about the way to treat people. Yeah. So I never let, those without it ultimately have any impact on me because I've been blessed to be around so many people that have it that were willing to give a young kid a chance and teach me a little bit about how you can go bring that with you in the rest of your life. Well, who gave you that first break? Uh, it was, uh, I, I did major indoor soccer league in St. Louis, believe it or not, and we outdrew the Blues. Let's take a look at this right here. Here it comes. The flashing lights, the fireworks, the music, and even the PA announcer are all part of the Comet's allure, a carefully orchestrated show designed to entertain. We sell an entertainment package because that's exactly what sports is. Sports is entertainment. It's a way for someone to relieve themselves of the nine to five pressure they go through every day. It's a fantasy. It's a complete relief. I mean, you're marketing from day one right there, right? I had a much better haircut back then. <laughs> I had hair back then. And so that gave, that was your break in it? That was it. We started with that, and, and it probably is a good uh, 
explanation of my passion for soccer mm -hmm. because that's where we did get our first break. And by the way, we sold out every game, 19,000 people. We outdrew the Blues that year. Uh, and in Kansas City, we actually not only outdrew the basketball team, but the, the Kansas City basketball team eventually moved to Sacramento. And so it was interesting, the success we had. And David Stern used to look at me and go, yeah, you did a really good job of uh, protecting my basketball team in Kansas City. Right. <laughs> so when you moved here, though, what was the, I mean, you have a lot of experience and obviously a lot of successes, but when you came here, what was the one thing that you had to have a, a 360 or 180 in your head? You went, oh, I didn't know that about this market. So to, good and bad. Good is unbelievably big market. I mean, people don't understand, and we in this city need to do a better job of making everyone understand. We're the third largest marketplace in North America. Yeah. It's, it's New York, L.A., Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we're as big, if not bigger now, than Chicago. And I think, I, I, I tend to believe that Canadians are so nice that they sometimes don't do a good job of touting themselves, their assets, or their community. This is a phenomenal community, and, and one of the things we're committed to doing is bringing a lot of new events here and, and letting everyone know how beautiful and amazing this city is, preferably during the summertime, but occasionally during the wintertime too. The, the bad is what, what I'm learning about trying to understand the Leafs and the years of losing is it, they'll peck you here. Uh, the media will peck you here and they'll stay at you. And they, it, it's not one fatal blow. Yeah. It's just a lot of little nibbles, and they just stay at you. Dude, the beaver, man, timber. Yeah, exactly That's what right. This is. That's, and, and so the good guys, it doesn't bother them, yeah. and they plow straight ahead. And in, in fact, it, 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 it reinvigorates and, and, and makes them double down on their commitment. Mm -hmm. But I look at the players, and I see at times people attacking players' wives and people going after the character yeah, of the Reimer's player. wife was unfairly attacked on Twitter. Yeah, that's it was tough. terrible, man. That's tough. So that, that's the unique, that, that I think explains an awful lot about the pressure of the leaf, which is you, you gotta have a certain kind of character to survive here because you have to understand the whole world is revolving around you and this team. And the other side of it is, um, you know, guys that, that ultimately come here and, and they don't understand the pressure, they don't understand the intensity, they don't understand the media, um, we're going to see good players that melt. And so we, we, I now have a much better appreciation for how hard it is to win here. In L.A., we were the eighth most popular team. We got very popular very quick with Jonathan Quick. Yeah. And when we won the Cup, it was amazing. Here, you understand it's harder to win because you get pecked at. Right. And so I don't mind pecking. Uh, and we'll do fine. And, and one of the things I've tried to do in the last two weeks with Dave Nonis and our coach, Randy Carlisle, and our players is let everyone know, hey, we're in this together. Shoot yeah. at us all you want. We will come out of this, and we'll be better for it. You know, for all the criticism Brian Burke got, I'm a big fan of Brian Burke, and Brian Burke did a lot to change the culture. He's also done one. I think the thing that will be more impactful than his or anybody's Stanley Cup ever was Brian Burke's pro-gay, pro-rights, you-can-play position was incredible. Yeah. We need guys like him in sport. Do you, does your organization have to, 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 to drive that home to everybody that this is an inclusive place? Yeah, so two things. One, uh, by the way, I'm proud to call Brian Burke my friend. Uh, he is, uh, he's been one of the mainstays for me since I got here. And I'm not afraid to tell people I meet with Berkey once a month because yeah. he teaches me a lot and he's helped me understand what we had to do here and how we had to win. And I love Brian Burke. I think he's a, a great ambassador for our game and for our industry. 
we, we need to do a better job. We, we need to understand this platform. We do great in the community. Our community relations is unbelievable. We're, we're rebuilding parks and playgrounds and basketball courts everywhere, including Regents Park, and, and we're putting millions of dollars into that. Where we occasionally probably need to do better are the social issues and understand we can move the needle for things that are important in the world more than anyone. One of the reasons I love Maasai is what he's doing in Africa. Yeah. And our, one of the reasons Maasai jumped is the first time Maasai and I spent a day together and, and I tried to convince him to come here, we spent the first hour talking about how we could move the needle. Yeah. And that so overwhelmed him that I didn't ask him one basketball question. I told him, I get the platform we have and the thing you'll find with me is a person that sees the world the same way and will give you all of the support you need to go take your social agenda and your agenda with those kids in Africa and I'll back you 100% and in fact, we'll pay for your foundation and your staff. Right. From that point on, Masai said, I was in. So it's funny that that very social conscience and the platform we had to have, and, and, the, and we gotta have, we can't be afraid of being criticized for taking on difficult issues, right. even if they're outside our realm. I think with Masai, that's why he came. We would not have gotten Masai without that platform and him understanding we were gonna let him have at it. And if you think the raps can move the needle, man, the Leafs, they can break that oh, meter yeah. altogether yep, if they no get question. behind those issues. Yep. Do you have your shareholders, do you have your companies that own you telling you, listen, Tim, stay out of that game. We don't want to do that. No, I, I think, for example, if you look at Bell, uh, I think George Cope has done an unbelievable yeah. job with his campaign towards mental health. Bell, I'm not, I'm not understanding. Well, if yeah, I heard yeah, of Bell, I we know. go to them? Remember, you're neutral still yeah, for right. <laughs> like another week. Yeah, I know you're right. The Bell Let's Talk is an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job there. I know Rogers and Edward personally are very involved in the community and, and activating. So we, we're, they, they don't, I've already done a few, I slept out one night and uh, I was smart enough to pick November. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I slept next to the chief. He hit me a couple of times in his, and I, I, I asked him, I don't know what dreams you were having. And he told me what his dreams were and they were pretty bad. Yeah. So I decided I'm not gonna sleep next to him anymore. But homelessness is a big issue yeah. here because it's so cold and yeah. a brutal winter. I think we have yet to find one or two social issues that we will ultimately jump into that will be our compass. Uh, I think Masai has his. I don't know if the, Le the Leafs do a great job in the community, yeah. do a great job with the parks. Not sure we've been outspoken yet on something that we see as an injustice in the world, but you're right, if we did, we could change the world, yeah. and we will. Yeah, 100%. What a pleasure, man. Thanks for taking Thanks. the time. Welcome. Oh, Glad to have you in right. the family. Uh, uh, well, sorry, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we go, one more thing. Just because you, you, you've been so candid with us, the Argos, that's fine. John Bon Jovi shows up, fine, we all wanna be halfway there, but <laughs> do you see an NFL franchise in Toronto? And I know with the passing of Mr. Wilson, people talk about the Buffalo Bills, I hope we never get the Bills here because they belong there and Buffalo's a great market, but do you see an NFL team here in your purview? <laughs> uh, living on a prayer. I don't know. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's that it. Living on a prayer. It's a great song. Okay. Do you want an NFL team here? Well, I think Toronto deserves an NFL team. Do, would, you, would you love to? Like, if there was a scenario wherein you happened to be involved in an organization that owned an NFL team, and the only reason they got an NFL team was through your, your work, would you say, yes, I'm up for that? You know, I, when I, <laughs> what, what I know is this. This is a great city. Yeah. Uh, Roger uh, Goodell is, is a phenomenal commissioner. He knows about Toronto. Yeah. Um, we have great owners here, including 
having two of the owners most often mentioned. Um, I think in time uh, that will play out. I think what we had to do first and foremost, what, what I'm sure of is this. If we go out and get all three of our teams winning at the same time, we're going to sell out all our inventory, sell out all of our games, have an unbelievable ride with this community, and guess what? The NFL is going to look at us and go, we need to be in Toronto. Right. We can do the best job we can do right now for whatever the future lies with sports in Toronto is win. Because if we do that, it'll make it easier for everybody else to follow in our footsteps, and that's what we're going to do. President and CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Tim Lywick, everybody. It's a Thank pleasure you. being with you. Good thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it.